0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Ohio for Jesus podcast, hosted by the Assemblies of God Ohio Ministry Network. Here at the Ohio Ministry Network, we are committed to developing leaders to multiply disciples of Jesus by the Spirit's power. Each episode of our podcast focuses on an area of ministry that drives us closer to accomplishing this purpose. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's episode.
1: Breakout is evangelizing the nations from your front door Steve Brannon and panel Kate Williams Nicole Shaffey and Andy Erickson so great so this is going to be a panel forum and so we' we'll, I have some pre-planned questions that they're going to answer and then we'll open it up to any other questions that you guys might have we all serve with CHIALFA and so CHIALFA is the Assembly of God outreach to colleges and universities in Ohio but across the nation and one of our main Uh, desires and objectives is to reach internationals. They come here for an education. We pray that they leave here with Jesus as well. And they bring Jesus with them back to their own country, back to their own families, to their workplaces. Uh, It is a great way to do missions. And so we teach students one of our main mantras that actually I think um, it was a BGMC has picked up on, that every student prays, every student gives, every student goes, every student welcomes and so praying should be obvious every student gives that we expect all of our students to give towards missions towards missionaries towards towards jesus expansion kingdom stuff and so that's an expectation anticipation because then when they get into the real world and start making real money they should continue that habit of giving to missions in a real tangible way every student give uh, praise gives goes we encourage our students to go on a mission trip both both in place in the US but also outside because it just breaks off the selfishness that we have as Americans. Um, And then every student welcomes that that when we have people coming from overseas or just downtrodden or whatever that they would be a welcoming entity. That's not just our goal for students though. That's our hope and our prayer for every person. That every person we all would pray, give, go and welcome. And so that's our premise of how we're going to run with this um, panel. We're assuming that we don't have to convince you that international people are valuable and that we should love them and care for them like Jesus does. And um, just a little clue to everyone else outside of our country, we are internationals. And so you are an international to the other 200 countries (laughs) that are around the globe. And so and I know that you can think of, well, I have emotions, I have feelings. That's exactly the same way with them. How easy is it, how often are you encountering internationals? Do you see them often? In rural areas, you probably don't see them as much. In the cities, you probably see them all the time. Immigrants, migrant workers, professionals, restaurant owners, and so we have them all around us and it's just a matter of us introducing ourselves and connecting with them. So first question, what are some challenges that international families or individuals experience while living in the U.S.? Um, And the same way that if whatever I would feel, if I if I'm planted
2: in another country, I'd feel very lonely. I'd feel very like it's hard to get around. I I would like friends to to help me feel safe, help me feel comforted. Um, Just a a lot of um, cultural. There's a word for it. uh, Culture shock where I'm in a different culture. I don't speak the language. It's challenging for me, even if I'm really smart and aware of things. It's just difficult to make necessary relationships.
3: I think with that is just tangible resources, right? So how do you go to the social security office if you need to get a job for us, like helping students get jobs on campus, right? Or how do you renew your driver's license? Things like that that are not um, textbook in other countries, right? And so just how our government works, how our systems work, and a really good explanation of that that isn't um, belittling or demeaning, but just really um, helpful.
0: Yeah, and then I think all these things get applied to the demographic that you're reaching out to. Is it a Japanese professional from Honda? You know, is it an immigrant worker who, who may not even be legal here? Yeah. Right, that person's going to face totally different things than a Japanese person that, you know, is studying medicine or is a doctor here. Um, it's compared to a refugee, right? So every need is going to look different than based on the group. But these are, you know, obviously the basic things that every person migrating to another country is going to deal with.
1: So then how do you go about discovering all those challenges with the different demographics? How do you get into life enough to find out about that stuff?
2: Um, I know this sounds really uh, complicated, but just asking them, um, like one thing you could do is we've, we frequented a taco shop near us that's not Taco Bell. It's a really authentic taco shop, and we just started talking to the owner, started just being really really friendly to them and asking them about their family found out two of their students go to the university that we minister at and uh, just start talking them through the different needs that they have and just asking them about their life like you would like you're meeting any other friend and that's been really successful to us honestly just thinking normal questions for uh, any other friend that I'm trying to meet.
3: And I think, like, with that, it's really founded in relationship. Like, if you think about um, maybe when you go to church on Sunday morning, right, and you're not doing well, but somebody asks you how you're doing, what's your typical response probably? Good, how are you? Right? And so in the same way, our international friends probably – may face the same thing and be even more guarded realizing that there is a cultural barrier and so i would say um it took for a friend of mine from saudi arabia it took a year um for him to open up and actually say that he was not mentally doing well there was a lot going on and so just deep deep rooted authentic two-way relationship
0: uh, i think andy gave a good example right like there's a taco shop down the street <laughs> and americans don't run it or you know <laughs> like third generation americans don't run it um In terms of refugees, you can look at at a website and it'll probably tell you like where your pockets are within Columbus and what those people groups are of refugees. Every city welcomes different refugee like represented countries. And so Columbus has its own pocket of specific refugees. Um, Restaurants, grocery stores, um, you know, just like walking into Walmart, right? If you're in a urban area, just walking into Walmart you're going to meet an international um now it in how would you meet them how, yeah. how would you meet them i don't you know i think you just walk up to people as scary as it is and as crazy as it is like if we want people to know jesus we just have to walk up to people and uh, be curious right like i'm i'm kate um I notice that maybe you know if if I notice something about the person, like I notice you're looking for a place, or hey, are you looking for a place? They may not even look like they're looking for a place. I may just ask them to make the conversation happen, right? Um, So just walking up to people, they don't have a disease um, just because they're from another country or like humans are humans, right? Mm -hmm. So the same way we would meet our neighbor, the same way we can welcome and meet an international person.
3: This may be like a kind of general statement, but in my experience in campus ministry, I've never met an international student that did not want to have an American friend. And so, um, my neighbor is from Saudi Arabia, and I started talking to her, and she said I was so excited to tell my friends that I finally have my American friend. Right, and so it's really endearing, right? And so, with that, assuming like obviously American to American, it may feel weird at Walmart for someone to walk up to you, right? You may be like, "What are you doing?" But in an international since it's different because I think that relationship is already desired most of the time on the other end.
2: Um, I think places where it's kind of like a third place, so it's not your home, it's not necessarily their, their home, it's places like a coffee shop, places where there's a little bit of gathering, it allows a little bit more time to have those conversations. So like even Starbucks, we've met students in Starbucks and just even starting a conversation of like, hey, where are you from? I know that seems like it, it can be it can be misinterpreted, but honestly, most of the time it's not. And so uh, and it's not the conversations that we have, it doesn't like it's not perfect every time. I, stu- I still stumble through it. I still trip over my words. I say something dumb. But my goal is that they would know Jesus. And so that motivates me to continue to have conversations just like we would with Americans. You keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying. And the Lord is even more desiring that those things would work too. And so the Holy Spirit is with us enabling those conversations.
0: I've done this for 13 years. I've worked with internationals for 13 years. And I'm still nervous to meet new people. But I just, you know, I I have to remember that they're just as nervous to meet me. So if, if neither of us go the extra mile, you know, and they're not the believer, right? They're not the one that that wants me to know about Jesus and so if I just go the extra mile recognizing this is probably going to be awkward for both of us (laughs) right they're just as nervous as I am nervous and so let me just ask Jesus to give the courage to bridge the gap
1: and he said uh, one question was where are you from and so there's that could be a loaded question because they may say Springfield Ohio why you know in a perfectly straight normal accent Uh, One of my friends asked that same general question and the girl like freaked out on him and said, why are you a a bigot and a racist specifically? And he goes, actually, just the opposite. I love people and I love every type of person, wherever they're from. And so and so in his conversation, he flipped it on his head and they became great friends. They connected because she's already geared to be offended. Here's one truth though, internationals haven't picked up the American culture yet, thankfully. So they're not quite as, as hostile, quite as defensive, quite as, as negative. They truly do want an American friend. I don't know if you read it in the description, but less than 20% of internationals that come to the U.S. never step foot in one American home. You mentioned how do we connect, and you mentioned about relationships. An easy question is, tell me about your family. Internationals love their family, want to share about their family. We Americans don't typically. That's that's not our inroad. You wouldn't go up to someone and just say, hey, tell me about your family. I'd say, what are you trying to sell me? You know? (laughs) But they they want to share, and so that is an easy, good question to ask them because it matters. And so then they come here, and they're never invited into a home. Then by the time they leave, one of the high values of theirs is hospitality. Well, that's not, a very good hospi- that's not a very good trait for America. And yet they think that we're a Christian nation. Yes. With poor hospitality in a Christian nation, A plus B equals C, that means that Christianity is not a good religion. Your religion is worse than my religion. I don't need your God. My God is better because my God is nicer. My God cares about my family. My God cares about my needs. Where they come here and they see a bunch of us that we don't care about them, we don't care about their family, we don't care about their needs... And all that's because of our insecurity, that we can't go to over ourselves to ask them, "Hi, you may be new here. I'm new in this store too. Have you been here before?" And, and you just, even just by hearing what they talk like, that might be an indication: Are they from this country or not? If they have a different accent, I love your accent. Where are you from? Texas. Oh, okay. I've never been in Texas. You know. So,
2: um, I think. There's probably a misconception that uh, and maybe it's true in some parts, maybe not, but that Americans may not appreciate other cultures. And so if we can counter that of even simple things like, hey, I really like your bracelet. Like, where's it from? Or I really like your necklace. Does it mean something? You may not fully love that necklace. You may be a little concerned about or we may be a little concerned. Is that another religious necklace? I don't really know. Like, I, I wouldn't wear it, you know, but like there's a there's a level where you can appreciate something about somebody. Like, I really like, uh, you know, the only thing is dress things, you know. Like, <laughs> But um, your just, beard. Co- your beard, that's right, that's right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but complimenting something about them, just it's a, it's a subtle, easy way just to kind of break the ice where we're actually coming humbly and saying, hey, I, I appreciate this about you, as opposed to interrogating, you know, because the where are you from question can be seen in that way, but if you're complimenting them, hey, I, I like your shirt, where is it from? It's very much inquisitive, it's asking, it's seeking a relationship, and we've found that that goes really well.
1: And he threw out a couple good one-liners of questions. Hey, I like your this, or where'd you get that? I would write some of these down, or even write additional ones that you can think of down, because in the moment, you'll be nervous, and you you might say something stupid, which is possible, but the, you're not good at anything the first try. And so you try, try again, right? Okay so with that with that mentality of you might mess up so what are some cautions or even misperceptions that people have in interacting or even engaging in a conversation with an international
3: I can share because I've done this wrong many times. Um, So, like, think about um, how you voted in this past election, right? And think about maybe how passionately you held that. And then think of somebody on the complete opposite side of the political spectrum, like someone that, like, would potentially infuriate you. And then imagine being called the same as that person. Like, oh, you're just the same as them, right? Like, oh, you, you know. And so in that same way, right, like, it's really easy to think that two people from the same country are the same type of person. Right. And so like um, you meet someone from Saudi Arabia from the east and you meet somebody in Saudi Arabia from the south they're completely different, and they don't appreciate being compared to somebody else because you've met one person from their country. In the same way, you, however you voted, right, probably don't appreciate being lumped in the same group with somebody from the other political party, right, because you just simply are residents in the same country, right? And so I think one of the biggest cautions, and I learned this the hard way, is not that, oh, I met somebody else from your country, and they like this, this, and this, so you must like this, this, and this, and you just us like this and you know because it's just not true it's not true for us it's not true for other yeah. countries too so
0: i think what comes to mind as nicole was even speaking is not to label people mm-hmm. you know we can think that immigrant worker who's illegal who cares like they need jesus that's bottom line people need jesus or this refugee whatever your stance is who cares like this refugee that can't flee from their own country mm-hmm. is here now in in our states you know It doesn't really matter what my stance is on that whether my tax dollars are going to that or not that person needs jesus and it's only by the grace of god they survived probably that's why they're a refugee and now they're here and they get to hear about jesus because they're probably not coming from a christian country you know from what we've seen um and so just not to label people you know i see someone in the hijab like let me not label them the islamic terrorist or the you know whatever comes to mind when we see someone in a hijab just Try not, like, okay, I just label them. That's okay. Now, Jesus, help me talk to them. Help, help me see what you see in this person.
2: I remember the first time I met a Muslim student that was not devout in their faith. Mm-hmm. And that was really shocking to me because I assumed if you were Muslim, you must be really, really devout. Mm-hmm. And so that was a misconception that I had where not every international that we meet or human that we meet is really devout. And even in their own beliefs, their own understanding... Uh, we meet a lot of students that are trying to distance themselves from their own family culture. And so they're open to a lot of things and and things like that. And so they may even be trying to disassociate themselves from other preconceived notions that may be even true of their parents. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if we can come as inquisitive, if we can come as asking questions, and really as as learners, oh, that's such a good posture. And that that translates cross-culturally. You can di- you can tell a learner even if you don't speak the same language. And if so, if we can approach that in that posture, doesn't mean we have to agree with everything. But I mean, s- same thing you do with anybody else from a different culture, different stance. If we come as a learner, there's a
1: lot of power in that. One of the misconceptions is that you have to talk loudly and slowly. The good way is just talk to them normal, and then and then gauge how they respond. If they respond with confusion and their English is very Broken or difficult, then you've just learned. Okay, talk slower, more enunciated. But if they respond right back to you, loud and <laughs> slow, then you're like, okay, they're making fun. So, what is a good way? Um, let me ask it. What does it look like to be a good friend to an international? What is a good friend, whether it's right across the street, or you meet them on the street? And and I want you to share that story uh, that just happened Wednesday. Um, what does it mean to be a good friend?
3: I think like any American friendship as well, that it's not based on contingency, right? So like you wouldn't be not be friends with someone um, that is from the U.S. if they didn't, make a decision to follow Jesus in a week or two weeks, right? And so I think in the same way with our international friends or people that we want to be friends with, that our friendship isn't rooted in the contingency that you'll accept Christ. Or if I've asked you twice to come to church with me and you've said no, well then I'm not going to get lunch with you for a while because whatever, you know? And so I think just just building an authentic friendship in the same way that you would want a friendship built with you, right? That you would want um, to know that someone was in, genuinely invested in you without strings attached, right? Um, because like Steve has said, right, our international friends aren't dumb. And so in the same way, if you think you're pulling one over on them, how, how demeaning does that feel when that's done to you, right? And so just treating them as you would want to be treated.
0: So I did a little bit of research outside of my maybe my sweet spot with people that work with refugees and then people that work with um, Japanese professionals because of the car industry. And both of them, both of them said... Being a friend is two-sided. So if I have a friendship, right, like say we're good friends. Good friendship isn't me always giving something to you, like, oh, Bob, he needs a coat because he moved here in the winter. Or, oh, Bob, he, you know, like has has these needs, and so let me just provide for all his needs but never give the opportunity to give back. Friendship's two-sided. And so I think sometimes we get into a place where we can think, this is the needy person, but really they just need a friendship. So how I would be friends with, you know, my friend, like Nicole, mm-hmm. is how I would be friends with an international. I don't look at her and say, like, oh, poor Nicole, she's at Kent State.
2: <laughs> like,
0: yeah. how can I help her? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, we give back to each other. Mm-hmm. And so both both people said that, and I just thought that was so good. Like, how can I encourage Bob to come out in his giftings and value him for who he is? Um, Because that's what friendship is. It's two sided.
2: So uh, I was driving by a property that we manage, and uh, I was taking my son out in our truck that we got, and I was gonna rev up the engine to make him excited because he's a little, he's four years old, and he loves that. I was gonna peel out, okay, up the hill, burn out, you know. And then was and then going, yeah, that's good, you know? He's four. And I'm four going on 35, so. <laughs> um, anyway, so, but I saw, I saw an individual walking near our property and he was smoking and, which is a little rare for that area. And honestly, I was at the bottom of the hill and I thought, well, i want to peel out, you know, make my son excited about this, but I'm probably gonna scare him. Then I had a moment, I thought, I don't want to scare him because if it was a blacked out truck, it, I mean, it'd be intimidating to him too. And so I rolled down the window and I said, Hey, how you doing? And he just says hi. And I said, Hey, are you, are you from around here? Um, he said, no, I'm from Spain. I said, Oh, awesome. Are you a student? Cause it was right near the university. So we started talking real briefly. And I said, Oh, can you come around to the other side of my truck? Cause my kids are in the truck. And so it just was awkward to kind of get out of the truck. But he came by the driver's side. I rolled down the window. Long story short, his name's Sergio. Got to know him. He's from Spain. It's his second time in Dayton. He's been he's a visiting scholar, which means he's smarter than me and probably everybody in this room. Uh, interestingly enough, he's, in, he's a visiting scholar for 12 months researching nutrition, which what is a nutrition scholar smoking a cigarette? You know, by the time I was like, that didn't make sense. But but honestly, I thought it's it's stressful. He's coming from Spain during covid. I don't even like being in my house during covid. So the need there, it just, it was, it was kind of overwhelming. I mean, get this thing about it now, but, um, so anyway, I said, Hey, do you have WhatsApp, which is an app that a lot of internationals have? He said, Oh, I'd use that. But so anyway, we exchanged numbers and, uh, I said, Hey, I'd like to get out, you know, grab coffee with you. Would you, would you be interested in that? And he said, yeah, I would love that. Cause I asked him about, do you have any hobbies? He said, not too much. Do you have friends? Do you go out to the bars with your, uh, with your coworkers? Cause that's normal for them. He said, yeah, occasionally he just, he seemed like he just needed relationships and he was expressing that. Long story short, yesterday, a guy from our church came up to meet my wife and I and said, do you have an international that our family can befriend? Because we're looking for another international to befriend. I said, I got Sergio. And I got my num- his number and I just texted him today and I said, hey, Wayne is the guy. And we got triangulating that whole thing. And so in probably a week, me, Sergio and Wayne are all going to grab coffee together because I know that he doesn't just need me. He needs this other family too to befriend him and that was just Wednesday and the guy was just walking and I was nervous and I almost blew it and I almost scared the guy and it's like awkward and but we just went for it and I knew I know that the Lord wants Sergio to know Jesus even more than I do and that gave
1: me the motivation to try and I would think if I was out there well yeah that's easy for you guys because you're dealing with students all the time so how old is Sergio? Sergio is like Oh, okay, so he was was a 35-year-old. All right, so these aren't just 22-year-olds that we're only talking about. This is people that are y'all's age that still need connections, still need friendships and all that stuff. To continue with the inviting them into your life, uh, one thing that many of us do is invite international students into our homes for Thanksgiving or for Thanksgiving meal or for Christmas meal uh, because these are our holidays, What better way to introduce them to America so that they understand more of what what America is like, but then also the Christian understanding of Thanksgiving, the Christian understanding of Christmas and Easter. Uh, Even just just bringing them into more education of our holidays is another interaction. Then you ask them about their holidays. It can't just be a one-way street like you mentioned. We be inquisitive, be a learner. That's another easier way just to connect and build a friendship with internationals.
2: Uh, my parents did this with some students uh, that I was in class with and it, it forged an awesome friendship between us and the family and um, but sometimes even Thanksgiving seems really intimidating like I have to I have to go from zero to sacrifice Thanksgiving like that seems really high but everybody eats Sunday afternoon after church whether that's in your home or restaurant that is an easy third place it's not your home it's not their home it's a safer spot it's a limited time window. That would be a really easy starting point, even before the Thanksgiving, Christmas dinners, uh, just to invite somebody out. And they don't even have to go to church with you. You know, like, hey, my family's, we're coming back. You know, we'll do church or we'll do lunch at this whatever place at one o'clock. You know, would you like to meet us there? That'd be a really easy entry point
3: i thought of one other quick thing i think in relationship i think in any relationship but especially with um international friends it's important to lay down our right to be offended um because things that we would look at as culturally taboo things to ask right like don't ask me about my income don't ask me about my whatever right in in our culture that we could take really easily to be offensive um that level of taboo understanding is not universal, right? In some ways, maybe, but not, um, and it's not rooted in that heart. I can guarantee you, um, like any question that I've ever been asked by an international that caught me off guard was rooted in a good heart just to seek understanding. It was not asked out of a a desire to offend. And so I think it's really important that, um, if we, if we realize that we're feeling offended, right, to just lay that down and say like, I'm going to choose not to be offended, um, because I'm going to believe the best about your heart.
1: Next question is how long do you Wait before you tell your international friend uh, that you're a Christian or that you invite them to church or to a Bible study. What's the deal with that? Sometimes
2: it may seem easy for us because that's our job. That's what we get paid for. But uh, an easy way to say is, is introducing the name of Jesus and not that you're proclaiming it over them or praying it over them, but just saying, I follow Jesus or I follow Jesus. And therefore, and because of that, I want to love people or I follow Jesus. If you're just even referencing that, they understand, most internationals understand like um, religious figures. They understand that, that there's, I mean, they're anticipating that there's Christianity in America. So that's not always weird or hostile to them. And so, but we do like to redefine Christianity for them. Maybe not that first conversation, but because I follow Jesus, we like to have people in our home. We like to, you know, get to know people. And so Um, We don't shy away from it, but there tends to be, as you get more practice, uh, the Holy Spirit helps us understand when is a natural point to kind of go deeper and deeper with those things.
1: Good. And I do think there are a couple things that we do need to sacrifice at at Jesus' feet. Uh, One of those is our false ownership of our own time and our own life and your own self-importance versus opening up your life and inviting more people into it uh, we are so protective of my home life uh, this is where I sit to watch my football game don't mess with me this is where I sit to watch March Madness well another thing would be to invite someone into next year where you sit to watch March Madness There we just have such a protective stance of private time personal time and then this is now my ministry time and if we can put those in the same bowl and just mix them up then one, you'll experience so much more joy, so much more fun, because now your life is so enriched, because you've released your hand, your, your strangle grip on this is my time. So I'm thinking about where are you right now um, with this, because this could be a great talk and a great panel, but it may just stay here, and you may still go back and not interact with anybody. You may even know a person that lives three doors down that's an Israeli or is an Iranian or is uh, Chinese or we have a ton of Turkish people that live right near us so I'm not sure how much physics and stuff but there's a difference between static friction and kinetic friction or, or moving friction Are you familiar with this anyone takes physics at all nobody where you have like a, a an incline or decline there's a block on it and you got to figure out how much force is required to push that thing down okay so I'm talking to some of you guys just get moving You just got to break that bond. There's, it's, it's a lot, it takes a lot more force to get something started moving than it does to keep it moving. The reason these guys have a lot of stories and I have a lot of stories is because we're moving already. But we just like you can stop. We just like you can get nervous and just shut this whole thing down. And then the next time you see someone on the side of the road smoking this 35, you think, nah, Or you think, might as well, might as well, and let's see what God does. And so I really want to encourage you to break that static friction, that that stopped friction, that thing that's just like holding you back, and I do want you to think, what would hold me back? When I, I legitimately am asking, when you leave here, are you going to be the same person, or do you get to share your personality, which is needed in the body of Christ, with someone else that maybe isn't in the body of Christ yet, that we need their personality too? Because now all these people that are coming into His kingdom are making His kingdom that much more enjoyable, that much more fruitful, that much more um, full, like our family and our body.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Ohio for Jesus podcast. Make sure to click subscribe so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes. And remember, Ohio for Jesus, all things are possible.